sounds, those tones, those noises mean it's Friday morning, it's 10 a.m. And your buddy, the nonprofit sector connector is back at it again. Philanthropy and folk. It's a bit of a road show, uh, you know, a bit of a uh, bit of travel going on. So I'm not two flights up from the kitchen where I get my coffee. As I like to say, I am not just below the roof of my house. I am not in my attic. So if you're, if you're only listening and didn't, uh, Go to the Facebook or Twitch or LinkedIn and all these other places you can watch the show and you're just listening. Well, you might, it might sound different. I might not sound like a guy who's stowed away up in an attic. Maybe I do. Maybe it doesn't sound any different. I don't know. Valerie Green is my guest today. We're going to jump into everything. First of all, Valerie Green and Entropy is the name of her organization. Good morning, Valerie. How are you? Good morning, Tommy. I'm great. I'm glad you're not in your attic. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's funny. It's uh, I haven't been in the attic in a couple of days, so I don't know uh, if it's hot in the attic or not. But oftentimes this year, it is it is a bit warm in the attic. But listen, this show is philanthropy and focus. And as I've said many, many times, I do a couple of things on this show. One of those things is I help nonprofit organizations tell their story. And after that, I help them amplify their message. And I like to help make connections. I bring people together. In fact, the way Valerie Green and I had originally met was at an event. I'm sure you remember at the Queen's Chamber of Commerce. It was a networking event. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, because I tend to do this, I throw on a red velvet jacket usually uh, at certain times of December. And I probably had that jacket on when we first met. Uh, Tom Gretsch, Brendan Levy, good friends of mine out of the Queen's Chamber of Commerce. I'm always making connections for them, and they certainly are always making connections for me. And, and uh, you know, professionally, uh, personally, but also, as I say, professionally in into the agency, into Vanguard Benefits, the benefits agency that I'm one of the partners in, but also just because they'll bring me relationships because they think I might be additive or helpful to those relationships. And I think uh, when I was at the, the holiday event, I might have said Christmas, but the holiday event at the Chamber of Commerce Back in December, I was able to make some great connections in the room that day. And uh, Valerie, you're the second person that I met that day that runs a nonprofit organization that has come on Philanthropy and Focus. And I only met two in the room that day and both have now come on or you're in the process of coming on the show. So we're doing that right now. So really what we do on the show is I speak to the leader of this nonprofit organization. They're going to tell me their stories. They're going to tell me the programs of the organization, how the organization makes an impact. And then ultimately, people show up to pay attention to learn things here. And they also pay pay attention because they want to find out how they might be supportive of the organizations that I partner up with, that I connect with, that I build relationships with. So that's what's important. That's what the show is all about. This is episode 132, 133. I sort of lost count. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't know why I was counting anyway, but I guess we just because there's numbers, we count them. But really, it's it's just a labor of love. It's my passion. And uh, I will tell you, Valerie, I was going to save this kind of joke for later on when my theme song comes on, when we come back from the breaks, the theme song with the lyrics and stuff like that. But I'm wondering if there might be an opportunity for some interpretive dance that might explain Tommy D and philanthropy and focus. I'm sure it would be someone shaking and bouncing around the stage or something like that uh, in, a, in a harried frenzy pace. It almost sort of reminds me of, oh God, the movie uh, Being John Malkovich when um, John Cusack had, he, at the end of the movie, he is John Malkovich, but he's got like marionettes and he's he's like doing a puppet show and it became a very, and there was like this puppet step. I didn't even know we were going to talk about this, Valerie, but this is the, this is how the program goes. You know, it's a, a bit of stream of conscious and that's what's coming through my brain right now is that scene where 
the puppets are bouncing around. All right, so let's do that. Maybe there is some interpretive dance. I would love to learn how to dance, and and maybe then we can perform some dance together. See, that's what this. Okay. We haven't even started the program already. Come? In the, in the middle. I as, don't know. As the uh, grand finale. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We have to, like, it, let's not do, it. let's not do the dance today. We'll we'll figure out. Like we'll have to collab on that. I mean, you're the choreographer. I'll just be the talent. Okay, got it. Deal. <laughs> How bold. How bold. I've never danced like in any sort of good way in my life. So we'll have to work Maybe on I'll that. Maybe I'll sneak it in. Maybe I'll sneak a dance in for us. Listen, that would be awesome. Maybe we'll just dance. We'll let I want to dance. All right, let's do this, Valerie. Let's talk instead of dancing right now. Let's stop dancing around the subject. Let's get into this. So I want to ask you what brought you to dance? Um, what brought you to you know, I have friends who are dancers and they, you know, went to dancing school as as little girls and little boys and things like that. But was this something that was always in uh, in your world? Was it something that you were always connected to? Well, I started dancing when I was three in a you know, suburban dance studio where you, you did tap jazz and ballet. Uh, so I danced my whole life. And then when I went to college, uh, I stumbled upon modern dance, which I didn't even know existed. There really wasn't that access. Uh, I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. So we just, I didn't have access to you know, other dance forms. So when I uh, stumbled into a modern class, I knew that was what was right for me. I knew that was where I belonged. And um, the reason why I think it's such an amazing dance form is because you can create anything out of nothing. You know, there's not like a codified form where ballet, for example, is very specific. Um, and uh, modern dance, you can, you know, want, you walk in the studio, nothing exists, and you create something, you know. Uh, depending, you know, work could take a year to make, it could make a year and a half, it could be six months, but <clears throat> you start from, from the place of like nothingness. And that's sort of the beauty to me is just seeing what what evolves um, from this this space of exploration. Wow. So, you know, I've heard that term before modern dance, but I don't think I'd actually ever heard it defined. So with with what you're saying there, it sounds like less rules or or maybe dare I say no rules. Is it is that how it is? And it's uh, I can. Yeah, I can. I could take that there's not necessarily rules I mean there's ways to make dance you know where you're looking at you know structure and the architecture of the dance and certain things like that um to you know make the dance the best that it could be if you're presenting it for public but it's you know it's such a wide genre there's so many aesthetics inside modern dance and sometimes people might feel like it's hard to understand, but there's so many types out there that I like to encourage people, you know, maybe if you didn't like one thing, don't give up on it and, you know, see more because there's so, there's so much diversity in the form. That's awesome. I, I guess that's, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I have a friend of mine whose daughter has um, become a performer, has become a singer in, in, involved in, first was involved in like community theater and local stuff. And now is, is in the city doing different things. And I've watched him as an adult really evolve his own taste as a man in his early 50s that was, you know, grew up an athlete and was not, you know, was not into the theater, didn't grow up in a community that really encouraged theater going and things like that. And I, I think 
Um, I'll go even further. Probably, probably discouraged it. <laughs> it probably wasn't exactly the scene. It wasn't. Let's go to Broadway. I mean, I grew up growing. Um, you know, my nana always uh, made sure we got to Broadway shows and things like that. So we had always been exposed to it. I remember my cousin um, was uh, was a performer. And he was in Footloose one time, and we got to go see him perform in Footloose, and they got to go backstage, and that sort of stuff was really interesting and exciting and fun. Um, and I, I, it's funny, I got, I don't know you cerebral wind, but you've been checking in on Twitch, man. So, or man or woman person, human being, I just want to say, Hey, what's up? He says, the energy is different today. I kind of dig it. Good morning, Tommy D. Yeah. The energy is a bit different. I felt a little different when I woke up today. I felt a little, uh, maybe it's the travel schedule. Maybe it's just not in my attic, as I say. Um, but I'm certainly in, in the attic below this hat that attic I'm always inside but well, yeah you know, I, I, I'm saying with like being exposed to different things I think it's great if parents expose their children to all different sorts of art forms if they if they're able to and to just see a lot you know I remember my mom taking me to see you know the ballet even if you know I'm not a ballet dancer and I, I I'm grateful that I was exposed to different things um and Thing that makes a mark on a, on a child and definitely you know i'm pursuing dance for a lifetime now i'm i'm a lifer it's it's my whole life um and it's grown and changed with me you know as i evolve as a human and my my interests and you know my own evolution my work changes with me so it's something i just, I just wrote down i want to show you my notes i literally just wrote down evolution i want to just show it it says like, as you were saying, and I wrote down evolution, I didn't know that you were going to say that, because I think that's what you're saying there. To me, I was feeling you and I was going, you, you know what it is, man, there's so much to be connected to. There's so much to try out in life and life goes by pretty quick. And, you know, gosh, man, if there's an opportunity to try something new or be exposed to something new or learn about something new, Valerie, like, isn't that the thing, man? Isn't that what we should yeah, be doing? I, right? Each piece, I always... Um somehow I end up challenging myself in a different way. It just sort of happens. It's not like, oh, how can I challenge myself now? It just sort of organically uh, is something new and, and different each time. So for me, the process of making dance is really fulfilling. It's fun. It's all immersive. Uh, I'm really, I, I love the process. I, um, the performance is great too. But the process is, I think, the most uh, fun part for me. What does that mean? Because I'm not sure I grasp it. The process versus the performance. Is it the creative side? Is that what you're referring the to? The process means uh, the creation of the work. So, you know, you could be creating a work, like I said, for six months or a year. So, you know, that whole time of exploring it, questioning it, being curious about it, challenging yourself about it. Uh, you know, I even invite people into my process. That, I'm, that I know and are trusted um, to get feedback. So um, it's a living and breathing art form that can, can continue to change even when it premieres, like there's still things you could be shifting and, and evolving with it. Um, well, I, again, not knowing very much about dance at all, it, to me, it's, it's I, I could see though, as you say it, isn't that another part of, life like all these different things we test out we try out i mean you, you know like performance or business creation whatever that might be we're kind of trying things it works it doesn't work let's go back let's try this let's look at it this way and the piece you said about you invite other people into your process that sounds really cool because you know 
that's where I think a lot of creativity comes out is when we sort of challenge each other and say, well, what if you look at it this way? Just, I had a long drive yesterday and um, I was listening to uh, the history of the Beastie Boys. And I was, and then there was an interview with Rick Rubin and Mike D and Ad-Rock of the Beastie Boys and Spike Jones. And this was an interesting interview. And I think like if people didn't, you know, if, if the young 13, 14 year old Beastie Boys don't meet Rick Rubin and Rick Rubin doesn't meet the Beastie Boys or all these things, right? We're, we're, I don't know if we're destined to connect and collaborate with certain people, but I think something I was listening to this morning by Wayne Dyer about just being open to, you know, have an open mind, never have a closed mind. And that's sort of the law of attraction piece where we bring people into our sphere, you know, as a result of just putting out these vibes, you know, I don't know, you know, Valerie, part of this show is, is me exploring things and just kind of putting things out there and thoughts out there. But what's coming up for me from what you're talking about is really things that we can learn from each other that we can take into our businesses, our creativity, whatever it may be. Um, and I think there's so many nuggets of gold that we learn from each other and having these types of conversation. And, it's, and it isn't just about you know, raising funds and it isn't about board governance, although obviously those are important things when we talk about nonprofit philanthropy, but it's a lot about the arts. Shout out to the New York City Imagine Awards. <clears throat> Shout out to the Long Island Imagine Awards. Shout out to Ken Serini. Because one of the categories in the Imagine Awards is arts and culture. And it's a specific category unto itself because arts and culture organizations, you know, may have a challenge if it's a head-to-head competition between arts and culture and an organization that served 200,000 people uh, with food that experiencing food insecurity. <clears throat> anyway, shout out to the Imagine Awards. Go to New York City Imagine Awards, nycimagineawards.com. Not really a commercial. It's just a big event that we'll have in October in New York City. So, Valerie, <clears throat> excuse me, we do have to take a quick break. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about, you know, your experience in dance at, at the college level. Some people have been... Um, you know, your training, some people who've been influential, and let's get into some of the programs and some of the works that you've done uh, at your studio. How's that sound? Sounds great. Thank you. We will be right back. Philanthropy in focus. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Aspel, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. 
Tune in live on talkradio.nyc, Fridays at noon Eastern, and intangify your business today. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. If you're watching somewhere, if you're seeing the streaming video, I'm dancing to my theme music, Little Interpretive Dance. Shout out to Valerie Green because we're going to work on it. We're going to collab, man. We're totally going to collab on that. You know what? I got a lot to say before we get right back in this conversation. Shout out to Mick Collins, always looking out for me. And uh, yes, the Beasties. Rock, I believe, did introduce LL Cool J. Shout out to Hollis, to Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin's from Long Island. Rick Rubin's from Long Beach, Long Island. And, you know, Mick also wanted to say to you, Valerie, shout out to Cleveland. My buddy Mick Collins paid for processing. Cleveland guy's been bounced around the country but a bunch of times, but Mick's always looking out for me. He's always in my corner, you know, and, and bringing information uh, during the show. So he, he goes out on the internet and he shares your links to your website while we're talking, while we're doing the show. So appreciate you, Mick. A great job in that presentation you made the other day. So Valerie Green is an active dancer, choreographer, and teacher in the New York City dance community since 1995. Graduated the University of Wisconsin-Madison, studying one of the Eric Hawkins. You were one of Eric Hawkins School's last students. You'll have to tell us what that's about. And you start to, to create a platform of your own innovative movement style and artistic vision. We'll get back into some of the stuff, but here's what I want you to know, everybody. 42 dances, including 10 evening length works, all of which incorporate forms of original production, musical composition, innovative set design, or new media. You know, there's probably something, I'll write it down here, like the whole virtual thing and what that's going to look like. We're not going to dive into it now, but I wonder just sets and backgrounds and different things because you know i really usually am in an attic i'm not in an attic now i'm in a co-working space uh i'm not in a hotel room shout out cerebral but i'm not in a hotel room i had to find a co-working space uh so valerie let's talk about that background let's talk about what what, what the organization looks like valerie green dance entropy what is the organization what is it all about every day what's the look and feel sure um well, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary this year, so um, that's an exciting milestone. And the Perhaps. look and feel has a, a few different parts. Um, it is a not-for-profit, so one of the main parts is the professional dance company. We perform in New York City. We do a lot in Queens because that's our home base. We're Queens, Queens. Of- Let's just shout out Queens. Let's talk Queens for a second. Shout out to Queens. I'm sorry for the other five boroughs. Queens is definitely top borough. Let's go Mets. Again, out to my buddy Mick Collins. Let's go Mets. Sorry, Valerie. Let's talk about Queens. A lot of stuff happens in Queens. Uh, so we definitely have a stronghold and have performed all over Queens, naturally all over the rest of the city. We do uh, things in other states. I do a lot of international work. Uh, I'm actually leaving for Africa this evening in several hours. So. Wow, I didn't know that. I, well, let me just read some of the other stuff. Albania, Armenia. I love that these are in alphabetical order for me. Armenia, Austria, Azerbaijan, Bosnia. Burkina Faso, Canada, Colombia, Croatia. I'll stop at C. But wow, you've performed in all these places? 
taught or performed, yeah. That taught or performed. Oh yeah. my god! Sometimes I'm cool. just teaching. Sometimes it could have been a performance. Sometimes it's both. But it's uh, where I've done creative work. Yeah, that's awesome. So what what's going to happen in Africa before we go back into the the day in and day out? Where, what are you doing there? It's a two week intensive of training and then creating a new dance work on young uh, dance professionals in Togo, West Africa. So. And I haven't been to Togo, but I've been to Africa several times and actually met uh, the director of this organization when I was teaching in Burkina Faso, a similar type of project. So uh, we've gotten this project together and uh, I leave tonight. So Wow. And, and how two week intensive? So are you there three weeks, you know, a uh, little on the front, the, on the back? So the project is two weeks. So with the travel on either side, it's like two and a half. Yeah. It'll be, uh, so, it'll be, you know, interesting. It's, you know, I don't know exactly what to expect yet till I meet the dancers. Um, they all speak French. It's not so much English there. I know that'll be a challenge. Um, experience that. You speak French? You know, I have to like dig back in the recesses of my mind to my high school French, uh, which was quite good back then, but it's, it's been a while. So, um you know, it'll be no, like it uh, we say in the dance world, uh, arms and legs, and you know, we communicate and maybe some Google Translate, and <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll. You know what you could do? I keep hearing these ads on the radio for Babel. I don't know how long the flight is to West Africa, but maybe you can learn French, relearn it on the way to the on the flight over. I mean, it's, it's an app. I'm sure they just get the app and learn it. I don't know. I, yeah, Babel's not paying me to see if I still have the the like a. Uh, one of the French dictionaries. That's actually a good. Review. I I I used to buy like I'm, I'm sometimes the follow up is not my strong suit, and I would buy like I, I studied Spanish growing up in high school, and I worked in restaurants for many many years, and the Spanish that we that I would speak and that the the English that the guys in the kitchen when we would connect was more Spanglish. It was somewhere we sort of met in the middle, you know. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the words we learned from each other were not very nice words. So we, you know, it's probably not words I would teach my, definitely not words I would teach my children. So, but that so was, we'll do, that, we'll do some Frenchlish. Yeah, it's Frenchlish. French and English, Frenchlish. Exactly. French-less. And then I'll tell you this, I, I didn't think I would ever tell this. So I was like 14, 15, 16, something like that. And there was a book that I picked up. It was called, called Mierda. And mierda means shit in, in Spanish. And that was a book and it just taught you all bad things to say. So there you go, gang. If you're looking for all the bad things to say in Spanish, pick up that book. Again, I don't know where this comes from sometimes, Valerie. I just tell stories here. So you're getting down there. You're going to get down there. And are these people that have danced before? They have a background. So they all, yeah. do they have to get like at a certain level for you to be engage well, there i'm not organizing the dancers that's what the director of the organization does but it will be um he called them like younger professionals so you know i don't know what that means to him but i will find out very soon uh, so it'll be <clears throat> it's specifically to be with 10 so it's a good number to train and have good um you know personal contact and then i will make a, a dance on them and then wow. we will perform it on um september 2nd so how cool here here's a perfect example i'm gonna walk in there tommy nothing is gonna exist and when i leave there's gonna be something (laughs) and i don't know how and so what a cool thing what a you know 
like a blank canvas or just a you know blank choreography when i go to these places i like to just see um you know when i'm teaching and teaching choreography oh, teach technique and choreography somehow there's something that emerges and we start to move and work together i find that themes just come out and mm-hmm. i work a lot with the stream of consciousness in my work and i feel like each individual brings themselves to it in different ways, you know, who they are, what their background is, you know, maybe what their hopes, their dreams are, their struggles, and somehow it it just easily appears what the theme is. So, you know, I have my work, my ways of working, certainly. Um, and I do this frequently where I have to output a dance in two weeks and train people. So this is a structure that I know well and do often, and I know know how to do it. So, but there is a very, very different, you know, result. So it's, you know, it'll be an exciting two weeks. So uh, when I run into you at another networking event, I can can tell you what emerged. (laughs) No, I I, I won't ask, I won't even ask more than that. I don't want to just run into you at a networking event. I want to ask you like, so now I have 15 questions. So let me start them right now. You talk about this output, you talk about process, right? Remember seeing things, you know, it was either Lennon or McCartney. And it was like, sometimes, and again, I'm not going to get spiritual or religious right now, but it was like this thing where they didn't necessarily say they were creating, but they were almost like receiving the information and that became some of the output, you know? And I wonder if, 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 if you see that similar, that you're kind of open to uh, what, what comes to you, you know, whether it be the connection with the people that you're going to meet down there, the 10 dancers or the director down there and different things, or even just as you learn about the culture, like it does a lot of that around you sort of inform what that output's going to be. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, any dance, who the dancers are will inform the piece. When I work with my company, um, I like that they are different and they're unique, but yet I can have them all dance beautifully together. And I like to pull out their strengths and their gifts. So I like to make each dancer shine. So what I can say is the dance turns out specifically knowing the dancer I'm working with because I want them to look amazing and I'd like to, you know, dig in deep with who who they are as a person and let them shine. So, you know, if it wasn't like, say, you know, a certain set of dancers in a different set, it would come out different because they're, they're different bodies, personalities. So, uh, that's part of it. Um, I'm definitely, uh, feel that I re- receive information from the universe is what I like uh-huh. to say and and feel like I am a channel so there's things that flow through me that are far greater than me things that I'm like this isn't from you know this lifetime at least um, so I, I feel very lucky and that um, things just happen they move through me and making work as an enjoyable process for some people could be really hard and challenging but like I love it it just works out you know, I can make something and maybe I don't understand what one piece is, but it's, you know, over here on the side, maybe there's this, and I don't know like what it means yet. And in the end, everything will miraculously come together and I'll be like, you know, ah, you know, the universe directed and guided and it moved through me and everything is in the place it's supposed to be. So to me, that's beautiful. (laughs) I love that. That's what I was feeling. That's what I was saying. And again, I think, you know, the Beatles certainly said that. I see a lot of artists that, that kind of say that and, and you know, whether it's, whether you, I close my eyes, everybody, but whether it's you're meditating, you know, it's that meditation, it's that, that nature, walking in nature, connecting with nature. There's, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe 
wholeheartedly that there's so much we're not in tune to and not aware of because we have these blinders on and we're staring at these things and this life and all that stuff. Whereas, you know, I think there's so much going on outside of our view and certainly, uh, I guess, below the surface. I want to ask another question before we go to break about you think in terms of um, if I was to compare to like a play or another type of art form, like a movie or something like that, is there ever a storyline as well that, be, you know, that you're taking people through? Um, that's a good question. It varies in, you know, for every artist. For me, sometimes there could be an abstract dance. Uh, sometimes there's been very specific themes. Like I had one whole dance that was about what home meant to different people in different countries. One dance that was what utopia means to the dancers and to the collective of the dancers. Um, I just did a site-specific piece at Socrates Sculpture Park that was inspired by this amazing giant installation. And I was working with the artist writings on her process. And this piece was about water and it was a time clock, sorry, a water clock. And so my process was revolving around what her writings were and using them in abstraction to create movement and dance. So, um, you know, when you watch it, it's abstract. You know, maybe you pick up whatever you pick up, but there is, you know, a, a rationale to me. And, and some pieces have a much stronger dramaturgy. So it depends on the work. So I just wanted to, I'm Googling Socrates Sculpture Park, you said, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, well, that's in, it's in Long Island City. Mm-hmm. So when you do something like that, and you said it was related to that installation, is that just like kind of a time and a place, and then that's it? It goes, it, or does that sort of stuff, will that come up again, and you'll do that performance again? Yeah. With the same dancers? Um, I could try to adapt it to another site. You know, it probably would need to be outside. It would be different. It would have to go back to this word of evolution. It would need to evolve um, and have a, like a rationale and, you know, recontextualize. I am interested in that. If it can continue to survive in another environment. I did do one site specific work that was around, um, goat sculptures and there's all sorts of goat sculptures and it was about goats and they're talking about goats and it was inspired by goats and I thought there was a lot of interesting material there and it took a couple years but I re-molded it re uh I don't know re-experienced it into a dance you know for the stage uh that had nothing to do with goats but like it sort of had a an evolution to this other sort of um performative being and then I figured that out it was difficult because it was trying to like you know you can't put a square inside a circle so it's like it needed to be reimagined but I did and then and then and then COVID happened and we didn't ever get to really reshow it in its new form um so it's it's possible it just it takes a little bit of work but it it can be Yeah, I I hear as you talk, I hear like a lot of like trial and error or playtime, which I think I I feel and and correct me for a moment if that's not right, but I feel like it's that play where you get to just play. And I I think a lot of adults, um, and I think this is something that I think for sure disappoints me, is we we forget to play. You know, we, we, we always work. And, you know, they always say if, you know, the man or woman who... Uh, does what they love never works a day in their life okay maybe 
Um, I think they work super hard, actually, but they're enjoying what they're doing. I think that's the differentiation. But what do you think about that before we go to break about playtime? Well, I think, yeah, I guess um, I want to comment on, like, I don't think there's an error in dance. When you're exploring, you try a lot of stuff and it's like, oh, that doesn't work, but it's not an error. It's like finding I, what's working the best. Like, I would never use that word. But I'll, I'll, I'm often going to be like, you know, I'm really glad, you know, we tried that and that, you know, we know it doesn't work. Like, so it's about yeah. this trial exploration, it's play. Um, but I don't really think there's like error in that because it's all about, yeah, it's play. And that's what makes it so fun. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm glad we know that doesn't work. And something like works that. Better, and you're just sort of like, a, it's like, I kind of feel like it's going like this through the dance over yeah. and over and over to find like what its essence is. Essence is. And what's working the best? What is it trying to say? You know, what what is necessary? What's not necessary? What is the dance's essence? You know, it's interesting. Thank you for all that. It's interesting because I, I sometimes I don't realize the words I'm saying. So trial and error, meaning there was a mistake. But that that's a great correction because I wrote down trial and opportunity. And, and you said trial and exploration. And like that's a totally words have so much meanings on, you know, on a conscious, but then a subconscious level. And, and super, again, you know, maybe we maybe you are vibing on a different frequency today, uh, cerebral wind. You know, maybe you're right about that because learning a lot, um, and this is more about life and, and exploration and things. I do want to come back when we come back, Valerie. I want to ask you: You're going to do this opportunity? Excuse me, flying out to West Africa. Um, I want to know. You talk about the output, and I'm curious. Don't answer me now, but. Will we be able to see and experience that output? Because these days you can record everything. So let's talk about that when we come back and we'll talk about some programming. Eventually we're going to get into how you all can connect with and help out this organization. We'll be right back. Philanthropy in focus. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. 
or other places when he's not in his attic. And then Brendan Levy wrote that song for me. I don't, Valerie, I don't know if you know that. Brendan Levy, who was one of the people who introduced us, is a singer in a band, and he wrote that song. Well, we wrote the song. We wrote the lyrics together, but he he's the singer and, and did the music behind it. So I don't know if you know that, but one day you should, um, maybe we'll go see Brendan's band. They call themselves Damaged Goods. They used to be the goods back in the 90s, but now they're older guys, so they call themselves Damaged Goods. In fact, I think they're playing on August 31st. Uh, send me a note on, on Instagram if you're local to the Long Island or New York City area, tommyd.nyc. Um, and also, I tried to do a thing. Maybe Logan, our producer, can help me out with this. I know he's into the gaming world and stuff, but I tried to create something on Twitch uh, because I got people that are reaching out, connecting, and I don't really know much about it. So I did like a TommyD.NYC thing on Twitch, or maybe it's TommyD underscore NYC. I can't really remember. I tried to look during the break, but we'll get back to all that stuff. But hit me up on Instagram if you want to talk about that, because you know, we got a lot of ways to connect with people and certainly uh, connecting with different communities. I looked up this word, entropy, because the organization is called <clears throat> Organized uh, Chaos. Organized Chaos. Wow. It's That's a, sort of a science word. Uh, yeah. So I look I, at it as, uh, yeah, organizing the chaos. You know, there's so many possibilities of movements and I organize them into something beautiful, hopefully, <laughs> and thought-provoking. So it's, uh, it, it's the name came in 1998 and has been with me ever since, and I still like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at it, and I, I sort of embody this word, certainly inside of my head. I mean, it says lack of order or predictability, gradual decline into disorder. Uh, if you ask the people I live with, and you actually all saw what the attic looks like when the, <laughs> away from the camera's view, uh, that's sort of what that's that's all about. And then it says in physics, it says a, a thermodynamic quantity representing the unavailability of a system's thermal energy for conversion into mechanical work, often interpreted as the degree of disorder or randomness in the system. Wow, what a cool thing to just think of randomness in the system, if anything really is random, right? But it's sort if of the like random I said before, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing. Possibilities. Right. So it's like taking the randomness, all the possibility and organizing it into something i love that that's so so how do people connect with the organization and then i want to find out like like what i asked before we went to a break about the work you're going to do in west africa like is that going to be will there be videos is it going to go on the youtube page is there a youtube page let's talk about i don't that. i don't know because i'm not sure how they're organizing that i'm sure i will have a video of it at some point but i don't know if it's something that will be live streamed or not like I don't I don't have those details but I right. uh, hopefully have some video of it but I'm very very active in posting on Instagram on my tours so if somebody wants to uh, see a lot of you know behind the scenes footage of the process um, then you can follow me at dance entropy um, and I will be posting a lot at dance entropy on Instagram the website is danceentropy.org what let's say let's why did you decide to create a nonprofit? i mean i guess you could have created a, again correct me if i'm wrong but you could have created a choreography business a, a dance studio right why did you go the non these are the different models tommy if someone okay. has a professional dance company then they're usually not for profits and we are a okay. not-for-profit because we're improving the lives of others in this case, through movement and dance. So um, the dance studios with the kids that are in them growing up all day long, you know, like I did, you know, those are 
generally most of the time for profit models or commercial dance studios. That's not what I do. I have a dance studio. Uh, it's called Green Space. It's my our home to the dance company. Uh, it's we've been in Long Island City for coming up on 18 years. So it's a rehearsal space. It's where I make my work. There are over 300 choreographers a year that are creating work in the space. There's someone in the other room now bouncing around. <laughs> and we have shows here. We present um, about 80 artists a year in the studio programs. And uh, there's there's the homepage, yes. I, well, yeah, I shared this. So if you're not watching and you're just listening, go to danceentropy.org. But I, I checked out the website. I mean, this is your space, right? With like it. That's a photo shoot, but these are my dancers. So then there's a whole other website called Green Space that is more, so this is more about the company. And then the other one, you can go to on the far right, it says Green Space, just keep going over there. And this is all about the studio, the performances in the studio, uh, rehearsal space. uh, So everything happening in the, in the space. And then I'm um, drawn. Go ahead, please. Sorry. If you're curious about that, uh, I do a lot of work with, um, actually, this is a great segue to a new program that started last year. I do a lot of work with movement and healing. So we we store all our trauma in our body and uh, talking is really not enough. It's good, but everything is stored in our body. So I have three different components of my healing program from working with people one-on-one to doing workshops with other not-for-profits that are movement healing journeys. And this last one that you have up here was new last year, a somatic healing group. And it's about the group being together for 10 sessions. And it's sort of a group therapy. Um, Mm. uh, We're not supposed to use that word, but it's a process group where you're going through really individual things that you're working on inside the group container. And sometimes other people are used in someone's process. Sometimes, you know, there's props, there's always voice, there's movement, the use of the body. And actually there's a new session starting the end of September. So I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, we're trying to register for this now. And um, it's challenging to get the word out for this uh, because not everybody knows about this modality, but um, kind of blew my mind when I encountered it. And if someone is working on, you know, we all have issues, right? There's no human that doesn't. So this is something that's for everybody. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, but, you know, as I evolved in my, in my body and in my life and doing on my own healing journey, uh, this has become a very large and important part of my work is, you know, working through what's on the inside and creating healing from that and, and, and oftentimes dance. So, you know, it, yeah, I mean, listen, I, we are ever evolving as a race, as a species, as a, as a human, right? And, and as individuals. And I talk a lot on this program about mental health. Ever since the inception of this program, first episode of the show was Horse Ability back in January of 2021. The second episode of this show was Transitional Services for New York, Dr. Larry Grubler, TSINY, which serves 4,000 individuals with uh, some sort of mental health issues, you know, moderate to severe mental health issues. And Larry said to me, Dr. Larry Grubler on that show said to me, you know, Tommy D, 
we all need support at different times. And I, I say that and I've taken those words and he probably didn't realize that I would, I, if I've done 132 episodes of the show, 15 or 20 times I've brought up that story because it stays with me. We all need support at different times. And when you think about this healing group, look, gang, I have no clinical background and I can't even say anything to you, but I also don't think I get in, in trouble for saying that, that this stuff helps, but being with people in group helps being in community helps. What is the antidote for depression, community, connection, relationships? I can tell you this. I experienced it myself when COVID first happened and the lockdown first happened as a person who was used to going out everywhere, meeting people, seeing people, hugging people on a consistent basis, on a daily basis, getting all the dopamine and all good vibes and the serotonin firing up because I, I, that was, then it was gone. I certainly of course had my, my family and we love each other and that, but it was a different situation. I didn't have that connection. And I will tell you, community changes things. Community is what we need. Um, and it's being with different people and, and relating to, uh, through dialogue, through awareness, and connection, right? I mean, we weren't planning on going here, Valerie, but right? No, but actually this, I would love to share something else. And this is sort of a good segue because I, I have a new work that I made. Uh, I mean, the Socrates Sculpture Park was a, a commission for the summer that's, you know, happened and is done, but I made a new work and will continue to work on after this trip. Um, and it's with six men. And this was sort of just starting with nothing, Tommy. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't have my full cast. I just started working with a, a couple of my male dancers. And my process was going into trance with myself in the studio and doing trance dance with me because I didn't feel like doing the technical dance. So I would just put on yeah. music I really liked and I would just go into an altered state of consciousness. And then I had to backtrack to remember the movements that where my body, like, I don't want to say got stuck, but where my body wanted to repeat something and explore it. And so then I was notating the movements and videotaping so I could remember. So I started to amass a collection of like very odd movements. And then I taught two of my male dancers and words kept coming up like shaman and warrior. It was very root chakra. And I was like, you know, this movement looks really interesting on you know the men I think I need more men <laughs> I had a whole audition for more male dancers and brought in one other company members then there was three and then I was like I want three more men I had auditions I got them and you know I was assembling the dance and I had like some missing parts that I didn't know that were created but I didn't quite fit I still didn't quite know what it was but you know the same words were you know present uh shaman you know, warrior. Um, and, and then I was in Morocco last May and I said, I don't know, guys, I feel like this trip to Morocco is very um, important to this dance and it's connected to this dance, but I don't understand why yet. And I was in Morocco for about two weeks and did a deep dive into Ganawa music, which is like a, a spiritual music that is about healing and ceremony and trance. So, um, it, what I realized when I returned home is that the whole dance is actually a healing ceremony and it's a ritual and the missing parts that I didn't quite like know how they attached or what they meant. Like it all just sort of came together. And I was just sort of like, like awestruck after that trip. 
because the whole dance made sense. And there was a lot of real surreal moments of things that are in the dance that were happening there in their cultural dance and in these ceremonies as if like I already experienced this. And so the whole dance, like, I don't know, is very profound and deep. And um, I realize it's a ritual. The name of the dance is called Rite. And it's a lot of, it's very powerful to see six men dancing together to see their, you know, their masculinity, their vulnerability, uh, their connection, their community, their brotherhood. Um, it's really beautiful and, and very deep. And so um, I put it away for a couple months. And what that means for me is like, I need to step away from it so I can come back to it and see it clearly. So um, we have a bunch of other shows in September and then I'm gonna go back to in October and I'm excited to see you know, what this trip to Togo might inform because a lot of these cultures are working with you know, ritual and trance and possession and altered states of consciousness. So, you know, this is also part of the, the Togolese culture. So I'm hoping to maybe wow. explore that a little on the side, but I, my, I mean, this is my new baby in the works and it's called- I dig it, man. I totally, this is, we're on a similar frequency for sure right now. And, you know, shout out to Sam Leibowitz, who's the, uh, the owner and executive producer of Talk NYC. He does a, a show here called The Conscious Consult Now, or I think you should connect, connect with Sam. We'll have to make that happen. Maybe go on his show, talk some about this. But I also, I'm getting the, I'm getting the vibes and I need to connect you with my friend, uh, Serena DiBianca, who's an executive director with an organization called Silouan Wellness outside of Philadelphia. She came on the show and she talked about the experience she had going over the Amazon and experiencing like these life altering changes in community. And I'm just, again, that's the vibes I'm picking up with what you're saying. I'm also picking up the vibes about this other world. We live in this, this quote unquote real world where we have to take a quick break. So that's like, totally raining on our parade a little bit, but it's all good because it's part of, we got to play both roles. When we come back, I want to talk about, believe it or not, we're running out of time. I want to talk about how we can help, what's upcoming, how people can plug in, what do you need, what sort of connections in the community? How's that sound? Sounds good. We will be right back. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape thriving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. 
Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. All right, here's my request. If there's something you want to do, if there's something you want to try, just go out and do it. Okay, trial and exploration, trial and opportunity is something we just created today on the show. If there's no more trial and error, there's trial and opportunity, trial and exploration. Because I never in a million years when I said I was going to have a show and I was going to interview nonprofits, would I find that somebody would shout me out and say, hey, man, I'm playing Zelda Oracle of Ages while I'm listening to your show. I didn't know <laughs> that people would be gaming while they were listening to philanthropy and focus. I thought this was going to be a bunch of nonprofit people. The quote is, you know, the uh, in the game, it says you got to save time to have fun. I don't. I think you got to just, I think the whole thing is play. I really, really do. And I, that, that's not to say I don't get stressed out because I do. But if we just realize that this is a playtime and it's a game and it's a have fun and we don't get caught up in the acquiring more stuff, which I think that, all right, here it comes, gang. He's up on the soapbox. I left it in the attic, but I found one here in the co-working space. Listen, it ain't about getting more stuff. They want us to believe it's about getting more stuff. They want us to believe we need the new car, the new this, the new that, the new jacket. It's nice to have nice stuff, but you don't need it. I heard a song the other day at the pool and it was like, it was a country song and it was about this guy and it, it was called, uh, about a hitch. And it says, you never see um, a trailer hitched, or you never see a trailer hitch on the back of a hearse. And it was a country song. I don't know that I, I shazammed it. So, uh, so I'll get it for you in no time, but it was, you never see a trail hitch on the back of a your hearse because you can't take all that stuff with you, man, but you can take the memories, the good vibes and all that stuff. Let's talk good vibes. Let's do it. Valerie, this is sort of like the lightning round because I've been in vacation mode, I've done a really poor job about keeping time because I did a really great job about having a conversation with you today. That was more important. What do you need? How can we help? Who can we connect you with if there's anybody specific uh, or general I, that you want well, to connect? Um, uh, it's always great to meet other organizations. I love partnering. I love being really creative and brainstorming on how two organizations can work together or two spaces could work together. Uh, dance companies always need audience. We need people to come watch us. We are always fundraising. We need people to support us. We are always looking for board members. So, um, you don't need to love dance to be a board member. You just gotta love what we do. And we do a lot in education. We work in the New York City schools. We work with at-risk youth. As I mentioned, I work a lot with movement and healing and trauma. We work a lot with social service organizations. We work with older adults. So some people are just inspired by all our educational outreach. Some people like dance. Some people just are inspired by me and they want, they want to support me because they see how much I'm passionate about this organization. So um, we need some new board members uh, and yeah, you know, I think we're, we're like, we're stronger together. We're stronger when we're connecting. Uh, I think, you know, doing, I know for myself, when I'm out in the world teaching somewhere, it leads to something else. So it's not by just sitting at home. So, you know, we met at the Queens Chamber event. It's not because we sat at home, because we're out in community okay. and relating to people. So. I invite people to, you know, find me and relate with me and my dance company. 
um, come see us, uh, follow me. I don't know. Call me, email me. Happy to. How do see they do that? We can. How do they connect with you? Um, the website danceentropy.org, the studio's website greenspacestudio.org. Uh, on all the social media, it's either at Greenspace or at Dance Entropy. Um, my email, the phone numbers on the site. Um, yeah, I love you know creating something that I'm, I'm very, I'm very playful and strategic and brainstorming, and um, we may even have. Um, this performance right shown in a in a cemetery space because cemetery is a sacred space a solemn space and so is a right so i'm going to play with this idea of even doing like uh the performance there in their in their hall beautiful hall they have and then having the audience do a right a ritual and make an offering in the lake so like here's an example of oh, i found out a way how to collaborate with the cemetery like i'm full of oh, ideas yeah. Just talk to I me. dig it. I dig it. I mean, listen, I know it. I'm the nonprofit sector connector. So I dig everything you're saying because I'm like, oh my God. And like, talk about the dopamine hits I'm getting right now because cylinders are fire and I'm getting fired up because I'm like, oh my God, what if we do this? What if we do that? So I'm, that's exactly right. That's what my brain was doing. What you just did with shifting the arms back and forth. That's what I dig. That's where I live, man. I'm excited because I have a new idea that I'm going to go out on site. I've been doing 60 days of service, two days left to hit 60 days of service, but I have this whole new idea. I'm just going to go out and spend like a day, but I need a, I need a videographer and I, my budget for this is very low, but I need a videographer to come out and play right again, play time and watch me. I'm going up to a milk bank in Valhalla, New York. I want to come out to the green space with you, Valerie and play and just play and like, but in playing, create something that will help tell the story for other people and share my little reach, what it might be. And it's not little, but my reach and the connections I have to, to expand other people's opportunity. And that's what this is about. And that's what philanthropy and focus is about. And we are out of time because there are the programs coming on the network right now. So now I have to go do what a nonprofit sector connector does off the show. Can't tell you what that is. Valerie Green, this has been really special. I, when you get back from West Africa, I'm coming for a, a, a tour. We're going to do some videos. We're going to do some fun stuff. I promise. I know I probably threatened that in the beginning when we first met, but now it's for you gotta real. You got to do your dance before you leave. Do a little I something. I want to be me <laughs> the interpretive dance. Tommy D, it's very harried. It's like what goes on inside the world of, of you know, a non-private sector. Can I, I would say this. I usually say namaste in the attic, but I'm not. Namaste on the road. So listen. Valerie, thank you. Have an awesome trip. Make it a great trip. And when you get back, I can't wait to see. And I want to see this thing right. And I'm scared to go to cemeteries. So I will tell you this. I will challenge myself. When you're performing right, can we do it in the daytime, though? Can we not do it's it at night? Daytime. It's oh, the daytime. Okay. So this is a stepping stone to the premiere, which will be in Manhattan eventually. But I like to show it in process. So we'll All right. you Awesome. We get, we will make it happen. We got to leave it there, everybody. Logan, thank you. Cerebral Wynn, thank you. Mick Collins, thank you. And Valerie Green, thank you. Make it a great day. Thank you, Tommy D, for being Tommy D. I'll see you later. Bye, gang. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify, your business today. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 